This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not contain or replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello, Australia. Welcome to My Millennial Money. I'm Glenn James. And today on this bonus episode, we've got Laura from La La Social Club. G'day, Laura. How are you? G'day, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm well. <laughs> Well, Good to see you again. Likewise. It's been so long. It's been a long time. We've all been locked down, but they're releasing... Releasing the hounds. Releasing the hounds and <laughs> all that that Smithers would um, do on behalf of Monty. Now, <laughs> I want to frame this episode up. If you are a small business owner, this is for you. If you're an employee in a business that helps with marketing and stuff like that, you will learn. If you're wondering if I should have a career change and consider marketing, this will be for you. So, I think this is going to be a fun chat and we're going to talk about some tips uh, in relation to marketing and it's going to be for everyone. So, strap in. Absolutely. And let's have a chat. So good. So, Laura, before we get into it, just tell us about your new online course that you have created. Yes, gladly. My new course is designed for small business owners to help them get really good at marketing. Um, So, it's called My Marketing Playbook and it's really – the real focus of the course is that people will – for people in small business and people who want to upskill in marketing, particularly online marketing – that they will have an implementable like step-by-step process for how to how to build your online brand essentially. So it's really it really is a playbook. It's everything that I do, everything that um I work on with my clients, we've kind of distilled it into an online course. Awesome. And the cool thing is like everybody now has a shop in their pocket. Absolutely. And we have done for many years and there are still so many businesses who are not taking full advantage of this. 100%. And also who are spending time and are spending money on it and missing it by just a little bit. And that's probably where I see a lot of people fall over. They spend loads of money on ads or they've they've got people on their team that are kind of trying to take their brand online and just not sure where to start or are doing stuff, but it's not quite landing or Mm. converting. Yeah. Um, So, that's probably the big thing as well. Totally. So, I wanted to ask you about maybe six tips that people can take home and implement today in their business or if they work in a small business and their boss is really bad at marketing and see, there's so many of us that we work in a, a, a small business and we might work under somebody and they know that their boss isn't tech savvy 
they know that their boss wants to maybe get more clients. So, this is something you can listen to, show your boss implement, maybe recommend that your boss have a look at the online course uh, and there will be a link in the show notes and I've seen it and there's some gold in there. So, Yeah, and absolutely. And I think for a lot of people I come across, you know, they are either running their own business or like you say, they work for someone else and they've kind of been given the task of, oh, I run the social media, but I I don't have content. I I don't have imagery. You know, I don't know how to start. Um, So this would be super helpful for anyone who's employed in a business where they're kind of, they're given the job of marketing. um, It's, that would be a really good start as well. So 100%, some key takeaways, probably the first point, and this is what we cover in the course is get clear on your message, really understand, work hard to refine and clarify what your message is because there's so much noise online. You know, you you jump on your phone, you jump on Instagram, you open your email or whatever it is, and you're bombarded with information, with content, with offers, with people trying to get you to sign up to something or trying to get you to read their captions or whatever, look at their content. If you're not clear on your message, if you're not really drilling down into what do we do, why does it matter, how does it help people, if you're not doing that, you are missing out because people need to be able to understand what you do in an instant. They need to, like people don't have attention span for waffling. So it needs to be really clear. Getting clarity on that is it Number one, like first step, 100%. Yeah, and I think for me, all this stuff, it really screams like, so, you know, a lot of you know, I was a financial advisor for over 12 years, had my own business for over 10 of those years. And a lot of the stuff I did in the early days of my business was what we called the CVP, which is the client value proposition, which is, it basically means who are you, what do you do and why? And even I've started to say on this podcast, because I really want to get for my millennial money, like what do we do? And I've kind of distilled it and it's like, well, we help you make wise money decisions. Because yeah, that's absolutely like that's all we want to do. Like because we can't be all things to all people, mm-hmm. but we will try and help you make yeah. smart or wise money decisions. Absolutely. And if people can't repeat what you say like that, if people can't repeat it, then it's probably not clear enough. And that's a big thing. A lot of people think, oh, I'm being really clear. Like people know what I do. And that's actually not the case. So for me with the course, I really wanted it to be, it's my marketing playbook and it'll help you get really good at marketing. That's it. Totally. You know? And like we help you make smart money decisions. That's really clear. And people go, people can understand it. It's compelling. It is normal. It's normal language. It's not... We innovate and we do X, Y, Z and we people in finance do that a lot. Um, (laughs) They make it fluffy and And, it doesn't need to be. And weirdly, like when I had my financial planning business, on purpose, the guy, Jason, who I got to do all my branding and all that, he actually wasn't in finance. Because a lot of my competitors, they would get a company that we only do financial planning businesses because we get them. I'm like, no, that's crap. I want someone who's got no idea what we do who can talk to me and go, oh, so you do this. Yeah. So, we're going to say that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Totally. And I remember for me when I first started, so I run a business called La La Social Club and that's where we do our one-on-one consulting. And when I first started, my 
whole mission statement was we help other people look good on the internet. And I remember meeting people and someone someone who knew me would introduce me and be like, oh, this is Laura. She helps people look good on the internet. And it was like you could see people going, cool, okay, I get that. I want to look good on the internet. Cool, I get it. And so that for me made me realize, oh, it's got to be normal. It's got to be repeatable for sure. So that like getting clarity on that and you'd be surprised how many people don't do that. Totally, totally. So who are you? What do you do and why? Absolutely. And also if you struggle to find out what, if you're kind of thinking, oh, I don't know how to communicate that, flip it around and ask the question, what frustrates you about your industry? What what makes you annoyed? <laughs> and and if you can flip it that way, so for me, it's like, okay, I get frustrated when small business owners spend time and money on marketing that doesn't work. That really frustrates me. So that helped me to go, I just want to help people get really good at this. You know, so if you can flip it and if you're struggling to think of how do I distill this into something compelling, repeatable, one sentence, that's another way to kind of workshop it as well. Yeah, it's cool. And it's funny, like even even my brand, My Millennial Money, I mm. was asked last night uh, and it was really cool. I, I'll, I'll share it because it's a funny story about my ignorance. I did an interview last night for BBC World Radio. Cool. And um, they emailed me and they said, oh, do you want to? And I said, yeah, how many listeners have you got? And it, as soon as I said that and he answered, I'm like, oh, this is actually big. Like, I had no <laughs> idea. And and there could have been like 50 million people that listened to the interview. But just because I – and I asked on Facebook. So, there are big – like over 200 million people a week listen to the BBC World Radio Service or whatever it is. Wow. So, all that to say just last night I was asked, hey – my millennial money, what you're doing, is it, can it help people that aren't millennials? And for me, it was like, well, to be honest, the philosophy is the same for all ages. We go to work, we get paid, we have to invest for our future Mm -hmm. and we have to manage our money well. Mm -hmm. I'm just delivering it in a language for a target audience. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's no different than having a hair salon. Yeah, because every like all hairs the same and yeah. all scissors are the same. Yeah, I'm butchering their whole industry, but <laughs> you know. What I mean? But yeah, yeah, yeah. But what do you do, and who you're doing it for, and why? Yeah, exactly. And knowing, and that's actually probably my my second point. Let's is go to point two. Point two, nice segue. Knowing who you serve actually it makes marketing a whole lot easier if you can know I'm talking to this this group of people, because then you can know, okay, what are their problems? What do they actually care about? What, what are their goals? Because for you, it's like, okay, if you're trying to talk to everyone, then you're talking to people about retirement or like, you know, different phases of life have different problems that you, you can solve. So it's really great to have a really clear definition of your audience and who you're actually speaking to. Super important. And yeah, I think, I think that's really, really powerful when, when people and business owners can get really clear on that. Yeah. And I think it's very important and it might be one of your points and I haven't seen every, any of your points because I'd like to be surprised and have a dynamic <laughs> discussion, but it's like in the marketing world, we use this, well, we, I'm not in marketing, but the avatar. Yes. And I always laugh and 
Because I think of Avatar, um, the, blue, the James Cameron thing. The blue thing. thing. The yeah. blue thing. Yeah, I think of the blue thing. That was a really long movie, wasn't it? I was thinking just then, I'm like, I should watch that again. I'm like, no, I don't have a spare 20 hours this week. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah, so really an Avatar is your ideal customer. Yeah. It's really your your audience. And I do find that a lot of people, when I say, oh, it's your customer Avatar, they're like, what are you talking about? So... I generally just say ideal customer. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the same. And like, so for the podcast, we know the average age listening is 27 years old at the moment. We know the average income at the moment is $74,000. The yeah. median or 75000 The median income is 70000 Yeah. We know that because we survey our customers yeah. to know what's out there. Absolutely. We know that 64 4%, I think, are female. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, we know that the financial literacy, well, we know our audience doesn't have the IQ of minus 20. Yeah. We know yeah. that there's a lot of young professionals. Yeah. But we know that our audience might not know how to list um, a compelling asset allocation. Yeah. Because that's yeah. not our podcast. Go and listen to investing geniuses. Yeah, 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 exactly. But even for you, the difference between um, Gen Z mm, and millennials totally. is quite different, right? So, do you find for you, you have to separate certain pieces of content? Yeah, and for us, like, and I will be doing more on the Gen Z Money podcast this year because like, we've got a lot of people in Gen Z kind of under age 24 that listen to the show and everyone's always welcome, but- someone who's 19 years old actually might not be wanting to start a family tomorrow. Yeah. Actually might not need to work out, oh, do I put $10,000 on my mortgage or into super? Someone who's 19 wants to know, oh, I want to go and live in London for a year. Totally. Should I pay my car cash or get a loan for my car? And that's why I've I've done the Gen Z Money podcast. Mm. And I've said this before and thanks for everyone who's emailed. We're going to do more. I'm just looking for a, a bit of a co-host or a host for that podcast. Yeah, yeah. Because it does feel like a different world. It is. Even that little age gap does feel different for totally sure. Totally chalk and cheese. And I think as well with your ideal customer, it's not there to restrict you. It's just there to provide a bit of a framework so you're not trying to talk to everyone. Because Absolutely. if you try to talk to everyone, you end up talking to no one. And it really just helps you get clarity on, okay, what are the majority of the people that I'm trying to serve? What do they care about? What do they want to hear? That also makes creating content a whole lot easier. Absolutely. Well. And like as a wild example, you might be listening to this now. You might work in admin for an air conditioning company, right? And there's just always drum because this client's whinging and that client's that and the boss is just getting work from everywhere and that's fine. But your boss might just not know what they want to do. Yeah. So, that air condition and don't uh, crucify me for butchering this example as well. I'm just trying to make a point. Like, is the air conditioning company, we focus on commercial, small business only. We yeah. don't really worry about residential. Yeah. Or we, yeah. we focus mainly on maintenance. That's our – so, it's. I think it all goes back down to what – and what do you love doing? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. We know I've had eight ankle operations because Have you had eight? Yeah. Wow. But the first four, I went to a surgeon, you know, here on the coast. 
who's probably a generalist orthopedic surgeon. You know, I can fix your finger, I can fix your elbow, I'll do Nana's hip and, oh, Glenn, yeah, let me in, I'll have a crack at your ankle. <laughs> By the way, I'll stuff four of the surgeries. But then I went, well, I actually, there's a problem here. Yeah. So, I need to go to somebody who only specializes in ankles. Yeah. And the experience was chalk and cheese because all this guy did was look at feet all day. <laughs> and I had yeah, a better exactly. outcome. And he had a better outcome because I was his ideal client. Yeah. And I had a better outcome because he just did what I needed. So Absolutely. Absolutely. And people talk a lot about finding your niche and whether or not you really need to niche down um, into the specifics of your your ideal person. And that's a perfect example of that. Like, you know, you want your surgeon to be a, like you don't want them to be a generalist. You want them to be a specialist in one particular area. And I think a lot of people in business, if they don't, they don't have clarity on, okay, who are we really, really trying to talk to? Who's it? like our core business? Who do we actually want to mm. want to help? Who do we want to work with? Yeah. And who do we like working with? That's a great point too. Like work with people that you like. I know. The biggest mistake I made, and I'm looking at the camera right now. So, if you want to jump on YouTube and <laughs> subscribe to the channel and all the YouTubers, they're like, subscribe, hit the alarm feature, give us a like, whatever. <laughs> so, if you want to watch on YouTube, whatever, uh, my millennial money. But, and all that to say, I lost my train of thought. But Don't well, work with jerks. Yes, yes. That was the biggest thing. When I started my business, I put up with too much crap because yes. I needed the money. 100%. And I think as business owners, we, we all go through this. So, if it was oh. my advice for a business owner would be to, before you start your business, get a bit of a war chest ready. So, when you start, you don't have to deal with the crap you don't want to. Absolutely. I literally just wrote something this week that was like, am I allowed to say something that's... Uh, I'm <laughs> On this, you need to say it. <laughs> so yeah. Can I say it? It's me. I have a no dickhead policy. Absolutely. And if... People give me the slightest red flag that they are just going to be annoying. I reserve the right to go, no, no deal. No deal. And so, I think... It's wonder you haven't like fired me a million times over. (laughs) Well... (laughs) I'd be the worst customer. (laughs) The worst. No, you're all right. You're not bad. But it's people who you think, like, for me, I really, as well, I'm like, I only want to work with people I can actually help and people who want me to help them. So... It's heaps liberating when you're like, I don't work with dickheads. It's really glorious. It feels nice to say. When I used to talk about like speak at financial planning events and all this about ideal customer, I always used to say my ideal customer is somebody who pays my fee and values my advice. Yes, absolutely. Because so many times people need a service or a product they will just pay for it, but they actually don't really value it. Or they might be like, oh, yeah, I'll go get some financial advice or I'll go get a website or I'll go get this, but I can kind of do it myself. I don't really value you, so I'm going to really nitpick. And it's just like, yeah. yeah. So, if you are listening and you're a business owner, yes, you might specialize in this, but within that, your ideal client within that segment is someone who values you and your product or service. Yeah. And who is willing to pay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not a transactional relationship. That's the big thing I, I've learned probably mm. the hard way a lot of times is 
it's about long-term relationships and the transactional quick sells, they just, they're not, not actually worth. No. They're not worth it. So, no. so what else have you got for us? Third one, getting into something maybe more practical is create a consistent and recognizable brand. And that's what I think you've done really well. You've got a really clear, your branding's beautiful, and but your color palette is really clear. Anytime someone sees that aqua, that turquoise color, they're going to think of you because, and like color is so important in that because that's what people, that's how people register and memorize things is through color. So mm. we recognize color before we recognize anything else. So having consistency with that is so important in making, in cutting through the noise and helping people to engage with what you're doing online, whether it's through your website, through your social media, through your email campaigns or something you do in print. Consistency on your overall brand is so important. Absolutely. That's really good. And I guess when you do have a business and you're doing more online, you'd probably have your designer do uh, some brand rules and maybe a style guide. So, Absolutely. talk to us about that type yeah. of stuff. So, we actually talk about this in the course. We go through, if you don't have brand guidelines, um, that is like a color palette, fonts, this is how your logo should look, this is how your brand should sound, look and feel all of those things. If you don't have that, we actually go through, here's how to create it. Here's some tools, like some little tools you can find online to do it yourself. So that's a big, that's a big thing, having consistency on that. Another great tool that's awesome is Canva. I mm. love Canva. It's really great for small business owners because you can set up a brand kit. It means that your colors are always on point. Your fonts are there. It's all, it just makes being consistent a lot easier. So if you can't outsource to a designer, then Canva's probably your new best friend. Yeah, that's great. And even like as an example of brand guidelines, so for this podcast or any podcast, you can actually use the Apple, listen on Apple podcasts thing on any of your websites, but they do have some brand guidelines. So they say you can't, advertise Apple that you can listen on Apple podcasts with the podcast icon. Right. Not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to have, so you've got to have like the listen on Apple podcasts, which is the square thing. And we'll get Nathan to overlay it right there under my <laughs> finger. So you can have that there. And I'm probably breaking the brand guidelines because it's, <laughs> it's got to be, for example, within one centimeter away from anything else. Right. You can't so change good. the color. Yeah. So Yeah, so it would be like if for My Millennial Money, we just decided, oh, okay, we're just going to start for the millennial word, we're just going to start hand drawing that. Yeah. Because I think it's time to change up the font. Well, it's funny, know? John did a printout or something with My Millennial Money and he like cut out my logo, like right. the My Millennial Money one, because the actual logo is kind of like a 16-9 resolution, yeah. like yeah. aspect ratio, mm -hmm. and they cut it <laughs> and printed it. And I'm like, you can use the logo or whatever, but you're not allowed to butcher it. And if yes. it's going to print, I need to approve it. Absolutely. Yes. And that's and the reason that that's so important. Because it can cheapen it. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's funny. It's it's the little things, but it really does. If you can have those rules and, you know, it could be a PDF that you create that says our logo should never look like this or this or it should never be stretched 
so it looks really weird. All of those things, they just help to protect your brand because that's what you're building. If you're building a business, you're building a brand and and visually it really needs to stand up. It really needs totally. to. Totally. What else have you got? Oh, so many things. Create content that adds value. Big mm. one. So the way you're going to cut through the noise on social media and through really any online marketing is by creating value-adding content. So that's where understanding your ideal customer is awesome because you know what they actually value, what they care about, what they the problems that they want solved. So for you, you know really well what your audience really wants to hear. So you get you create content around that. So as business owners, we need to understand our audience and then create content that speaks to their values that really helps them. You know, educational content's great, helpful content, inspiring content. Even if it's funny, that can be value adding. So it doesn't all have to be, hey, five tips on how to do this. It can be funny. It can be humorous. Like a lot of what you do is the the memes and it's fun. That's also value adding in a different way. Yeah. And that's kind of, it's funny you say that because we've really got, you know, three or four things and I've told the team, it's like before we post anything, before we put up anything, does it one, add value? Two, is it practical? Three, helpful? Because I think sometimes practical and helpful can be different. Yeah. And four, is it fun? Yeah. And if it doesn't kind of fit in at least half of that, you know, algorithm that I've got, we need to say, well, it's not going up online. Yeah, absolutely. And because it's just spammy then. Yeah, totally. And, and it is about having that balance of, you know, I've seen people build their brands entirely on creating value adding content. You are one of those. And it's, and it's really about, showing up consistently. I think that's the other thing. It's it's not just putting one thing out there and then going, okay, well, no one no one resonated with that. Like what did that achieve? It's really creating great content, repurposing that content, using it over and over again in different ways on different channels. And that's again what you do with the podcast, then you repurpose that into social posts mm. and email campaigns, YouTube, whatever it is. It's really about creating a bit of a content machine out of if you're going to spend the time and spend the money creating great content, then you want to distribute it really well. And weirdly, like I'm doing a podcast, I think we're booked in next week. It's it's a I think they're a, a computer business in Queensland somewhere, an IT business. And yeah. they're starting a a podcast just to help their customers with some business tips. Okay. And I kind of think it's cool and they wrote to me and I think the marketing person in that business said, hey, we're going to do a podcast. Do you want to be on it? And I'm like, you know what? Yes, I will. Because when I started my podcast, I used to approach people that had, you know, other successful podcasts and they they gave me a shot. So, I thought, well, hell, I'll, I'll pay it forward. But I guess all that to say is, What's another way that you can engage your customers like they have? Can you do something that adds value, that gets people thinking? Yeah, absolutely. And and you'd be surprised how many people, I guess the whole concept of marketing leading people to make a sale is that people know, like, and trust. And then that's, that's a relationship and that takes time. So, where I see people go wrong in online marketing is when they're like, 
they treat it rather than treating it like a first date where you're trying to get to know someone and you're trying to learn about them and you're you're sharing a bit about you and you're trying to be cool, calm and collected and chill. Where people make mistakes is they're like, will you marry me straight up? And nobody nobody wants to get asked yeah. for their hand in marriage on the first date. Unless you're on maths. Exactly. Unless you're on that. And, you know, that maybe that would work. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, what else you got in our short time? Okay. Really, it's about building an audience you own. That's the mm. other thing. So, email. Mm. Email is a big one. And that's one thing I wish... I had done sooner. I wish I'd started building my email list sooner because I kind of liken it to, so when you're building your audience purely on social media, a lot of people probably listening are building an audience on Instagram. If you're just building an audience on Instagram, if they change one setting in their algorithm, you lose access to people. I remember not long ago, there was a day where Instagram kind of just crashed the whole thing and all day people were like, what do we do? Mm. Like people were in a daze and it really said to me, I don't own this audience. I don't own this platform. Yes. I need to build this audience, but I also need to build one that I own. So that's where email comes into it and really getting, getting started on building that email. Yeah. And because, and for me, the whole thing is like with the my millennial money crew, like there's a lot of you listening that are in the Facebook group and that's awesome. The problem I've got from getting, good quality messages over to people is that there's a big fat algorithm. Absolutely. And it's and to be honest, it's actually not even to sell crap. It's just like, hey, here's a cool thing mm-hmm. that you need to know that will help you in relation to, you know, COVID super early release or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I could put something out that's pure value add info just to give back to the community and 20% will see it. Absolutely. So and what, that's a good, that's a really good rate. Yes. So, I'm thinking longer term with the M3 community, like I've looked at, there's a, a program called Mighty Networks and it's basically a social network that's standalone. Great. The problem is it's bloody expensive. Uh-huh. So, it's an app and all that. So, yeah. that's what I'm kind of looking forward for our M3 community, like- how can we add value but make sure people who want to get the value get it? Get it. Absolutely. So, we've got to look at that as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, final thing is – actually, no, I've got two more. Ooh. Sorry. Stay visible and stay present. Really, mm. it's about consistently showing up. So, that's one thing during COVID that the brands who could stay present and could keep just churning out content and showing up online, those brands – They've got gumption and they will come out of this a crisis actually better than they were before. And, and so, being present, staying visible, staying top of mind for people is so important. Um, and final point is to just keep learning. There are so many things changing all the time in marketing, in online marketing. And it's just important to be keep learning, keep upskilling. And I think – the funny thing is realizing I realize I am always learning new stuff and I'm I, I feel funny when people are like I'm an expert in this it, I'm like who the heck is an expert in online marketing it changes so rapidly it's really important to keep learning and so I just think keeping your finger on the pulse and experimenting trying new stuff online totally so if you are listening you've got a small business you want to implement a couple of things 
What's one thing that you've thought of from our chat that you can take away and tweak today? And remember, it's funny, Laura, like a business, it's not a static thing. A business is a living organism that moving and growing and yeah. everything's moving. Like when I had my financial planning business, we we're on the side of one of the busiest roads on the coast. I had a big billboard at the side. I was always putting a new billboard up yeah. because it's not just like financial advice. Yeah. It's we paid off 20 grand and there was a testimony and then a couple yeah. of weeks later because a bill a business isn't a dead snapshot. It's a moving living organism. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've got to know that a business it's a living organism and they will change. There'll be ebbs and flows. Yeah. Absolutely. But talk to us the online course. How many videos have you got? Oh, gosh. I think it's actually nearing 20. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, it's quite um, it's quite practical. We're mm-hmm. really – I really don't want anyone to leave feeling overwhelmed. So, I've really made – like the workbook is like checklists. It's very step-by-step. Step. Here's what you need to do next. Then this. Then this. And all the programs we use, everything we recommend, it's all in there. So, it's really implementable. Yeah. So I- – I, th- I think if, you, if you're working for someone and their marketing sucks, maybe say to your boss, hey, there's this online course, I don't even know how much it is, under 500 bucks, for example, Yeah. and there'll be a link with the prices and all that. Can I do it and can I, like get your boss to pay for it, Yeah. can I do it and then show you some of the things that I want to implement? Oh, absolutely. And I think any boss would be like, yeah, because- it's so it is time consuming to learn this stuff and to to trial and error a lot of this. So what I've done is I've done a lot of that on my own journey and working one on one with clients I've realized okay this works and this doesn't. And in small business this works. We're not talking about Nike or Apple campaigns. We're talking about small business owners. So it's really what can you do on your budget? How can you spend your time really wisely? And what are some tips and tricks to get it done quicker? And I think it's like I online courses, they're so good. Like Nate doesn't know who edits this that we're going to buy. And he's just perked up and had a bit of a look around <laughs> and listen. But I'm going to purchase an Adobe Premiere online course just for right. him to watch. So and it's good. like, hey, spend the day, watch these. Let's learn three things to make our life better. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, like, because I was thinking, like, they always say, oh, you should always be learning. And I'm thinking, I I don't want to go and get a new degree. Not that I have one. I don't want to get yeah. another, I don't want to do another formal course and all this. But I've worked out, I'm always learning. Like, I've just signed up to YouTube Premium because I watch so many tutorials and I don't want the ads. So, yeah. I think we're always learning. But yeah. it's doesn't necessarily need to look like formal yeah. learning. Oh, absolutely. And especially in marketing, like in social media, if you are studying it at uni, for instance, if anyone listening is studying social media marketing at uni, this would be a really great course alongside that because it goes into like real world examples, mm. like how do you actually do it? What does that look like? There aren't textbooks on this stuff. You yeah. know, it's all... You learn by doing. In the trenches, yeah. Yeah, and it changes so rapidly. So So check out the links in the show notes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, there's a link in the comments and you can um, 
Hello. <laughs> uh, and you can download it today and implement. And that's yeah. it. You can do all this stuff, but please watch it, implement one thing. So Absolutely. Go get them. All right, Laura from La La Social Club. You can find her on Instagram at lalasocialclub.co or something. What's yeah, .co. Yeah, love Perfect. it. Perfect. All right, later. Thank you. If you're after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. But if you do want a financial advisor or mortgage broker to talk with about your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'll put you in touch with one of our trusted professionals. This podcast supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you want some other giving options, or if you are unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au Thanks to Jess Knauss, producer, Nathan Robertson, editor, and me, Asher. Anyway, make sure you're connected via Instagram and our free Facebook group. We also film most of our content now, so check out My Millennial Money on YouTube. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 